Hey, whoa, hey, yeah, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I discuss a darn good promo-filled episode of AEW Dynamite, which includes MJF's heartfelt declaration, Eddie Kingston barbing with Chris Jericho. Hey, we talked the possibility of Cesaro, a.k.a. Claudio Castanogli, showing up in AEW, Brian Danielson going up against John Moxley at Revolution, Buddy Matthews in House of Black, AEW Tag Team Title Battle Royal Bonanza, Jade Cargill cruising and bruising, and... Much, much more. A lot of dodgeball talk this week on two, two who? Oh, watch out! Two dynamite dudes on rampage. I wanted to call an emergency press conference earlier this week, and you shot it down. You shot it down. Yeah, it's you know you're you're getting a little loosey goosey with the emergency dumb, a little loosey goosey with <laughs> the emergency. You know, it's you know when when we did the the last Jason, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. When we did like the last or when WWE we did their last crop of of you know releases, we didn't call an emergency one, did we? No, no, no. But this is big, dude. This is big time. For... It's 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 big, and I would say that this one's pretty much a layup that he's going to show up in AEW, right? You think so? I I mean, like, who knows? He could maybe all by all accounts resign with WWE, but you know, it doesn't know yet. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know what he wants, what his priorities are, but rumor was Dominic, and you're in the wrestling media. Maybe you can mm-hmm. tell me. Like, look for those of you who don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, uh, it's Cesaro. Cesaro uh, Cesaro's. He let his contract contract expire, expire, which means, by the way, that he could show up anywhere, anytime. Anywhere. No 90-day no-compete. Contract is gone. Gone. Just like Cody. Whatever he wants. Nesha's pumped up that I'm here for the third week in a row. What's up, Nesha? Uh, She didn't necessarily say that. She's excited, Dominic. She is excited. Uh, Steven, what's up, man? (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, so, anyway, Cesaro released. Did not release. That's incorrect information. Uh, His contract expired, and there's no 90-day no-compete. He could show up anytime. Anytime, baby. And you know what? Um, It'd be pretty darn neat if, uh, I mean, we want him to come come to AEW. Oh, my God, Jason Michael Campbell. Whoa. Whoa. I'm using I'm using the full name Jason Michael Campbell on that one. Wow! Pal. Oh man! Now, I mean, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I will say I think that Cesaro, pound for pound, best wrestler on the face of the planet. I know I say that I say that once a week about someone, <laughs> um, but but you know it, it's him or Thunder Rosa, really. Um, and then there's Dax as, too. You also mentioned Dax for that. Pound for pound, best on the planet. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, you're, and I think I may have said it about Cody or said he's top five or something like that. But in any case, uh, it, it, no, it's it, look, any any company would be absolutely foolish not to sign him and pay him essentially whatever he wants. He's he is a super unbelievably polished performer. 
um i he's he was my favorite wrestler and then i just yeah. got so fed up with with wwm like i can't do it i can't even though i want to see cesaro i can't see him fucking do a job to no way who's a or whoever they're, they're rolling <laughs> out there <laughs> so can't, can't well, no way Jose is no more <laughs> <laughs> right. it's fucking adam rose and his bunny and cesaro's gotta lay oh, down wow. Cesaro's got to lay down. That's, that's about all back right that's, there. That's about the last time I watched Dominic. Oh my! Um, uh, consistently, but no, it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm jacked up that he's he's available. Honestly, like, and I I said this to Dominic in a tweet. They need to bring him in with no, not like, a tweet, a text. In a text, they need to bring him in with like a uh, with like a Bruno San Martino. Larry Zbysko, Vern Gagne gimmick, where it's just like he's like this old school, just like just shooter guy, uh, comes out to no music, maybe wearing a robe, um, no knee, no knee pads, short black boots, uh, the CC Claudio Castanogli on his uh, on his tights, and just have him be this dude who's just like this unstoppable wrestling machine. I really think that that would be a money a money angle for him and world champion easily. Yes. Easily. Dude, Marcus, like you think about it, like there's been so many chances where we're like, okay, let's give give Cesaro the ball and let him go. Let him go with it. And you know, I was thinking back to I was trying to, you know, run over his entire WWE career and go over it in my head. And honestly, everything that he was in, I felt he could have worked with. And he he made the most of in a lot of ways. From I mean, he squeezed every drop of juice. Every drop you freaking could out of that. Like, and like, you know, from when he started off with the, the guy that speaks five languages and then had, um, I can't remember his valet that he had at the time. Maybe somebody remembers her name. But uh, he, he had her and it was a really, I thought it was a well way to pr- introduce him. And then you look at like when he went to NXT and like tagged with Tyson Kidd. Um, you, you go from even being managed by Paul Heyman, where I was like, man, he's a perfect Heyman guy. They could make this work, and they didn't run with it. They didn't stick nope. with it. They didn't commit to it. And then you look at like him just going to the bar with Sheamus, um, you know, being the Swiss Superman as like the in that babyface role and stuff. Which and like just getting that momentum behind him and behind him, and then them to pull into the rug out from under him. That's why they said like you know the reports are as as to why he left is because like he just kind of got discouraged and was just like wouldn't hear stuff and you know just didn't feel like he's being utilized and everybody loves him backstage he's a positive force backstage a positive you know person that like a lot of people are friends with and stuff like that you know i think uh we can talk about this here in a second i i always want to touch upon like the roster side with aw unless they change unless they make the adjustments but um it's like he should be somebody that they they incorporate and put a focus on you know, this is one of those times when, you know, and I've, I've been beating the drum like, hey, he's got to slim down the roster. There's only so many spots, only so many quarter hours, et cetera, et cetera. This is one of those times where you say, fuck it. I need this guy in my company because he's that he's that good. Dominic is Cesaro, the, the greatest example of misuse uh, you can think of in WWE history. I, I I think you could argue Dusty Rhodes and Polka Dots. Yeah, um, but you could also make an argument for Cesaro in that favor because Dusty was an established star already that like Vince had a hierarchy of people and he was just bringing in Dusty to like, you know, to, for his own ego and stuff like that in a lot of ways. So, I mean, that's a, it's a missed opportunity. Um, Boy. Yeah. I would, I would have to think a little bit more about that, but Cesaro's up there. That's for sure. Right. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, NWO, I think you could argue, was misused. Yeah, that was misused. Um, the Alliance in general, that whole thing. Basically, you know? anybody that came over from WCW, except for Booker T, misused Sting. Oh, Sting's a big one. But um, even, like, there's just, there's a lot of talents that you're just, like, you could make an argument for, like, somebody like a Ricochet, even that, you know, hey, he didn't, he hasn't even gotten a shake. And, like, he was just clearly hyped from the beginning. He felt like um, almost like a Peyton Manning-type prototype that was coming in, you know, like, hey, this is a surefire bet right here. Right. And then, like, Cesaro kind of, like, like just grinded away at it. And, like, you you saw his his ability and his capability to connect with fans, connect and via, like, his strength, his pure strength and everything like that. Um, yeah, man. I, I am when – I, when I got that news, I immediately texted Marcus and – we had a correspondence. <laughs> Old school gimmick. Maybe put him with Arn Anderson um, and just let him be him. Uh, dude, Adam, uh, uh, Claudio and Hangman Page. Claudio and Brian Danielson. Claudio, CM Punk. Uh, Claudio, MJF. Yep. This goes on and on. Oh, okay. It keeps going, baby. Claudio and Eddie Kingston. Oh. Friend of the show. And- Friend of the show, Eddie Kingston. Yes, a rivalry from Shikara days. So uh, it's be very good stuff. Uh, oh, Juan. Interrupt. Yeah, he's, he's, he's excited. Not, he's not happy. Well, yeah, he's, he's, pleased, he's pleased that Cesaro's out on the open market, Dom. Yes. Um, all right, let's see what people are talking about here in the chat. Dominic, Tammy Sitch arrested again, yep. um, which is a bummer. Yeah, it's just uh, you can't – she can't escape, escape it. If you get into a pattern of, like, you've been there, <laughs> like, sometimes it's hard to just get yourself out of that funk. Yep, um, I like Tammy, so that's a shame. Uh, but, hey, this is not just wrestling, general wrestling news. Dominic, we're two dynamite dudes on a rampage. That's let's right. Talk, let's talk more AEW. Yeah, um, I wanted to – there was something else I wanted to mention about Cesaro, too. Um, I just think bringing him in and – incorporating him in the role like in a top role to that aspect i think is extreme would be extremely valuable because fans do want to see cesaro positioned in the right role like of that because no we haven't gotten it we just haven't gotten you know they they talk about seizing the brass ring over there uh you know like hey everybody's got an opportunity to all you got to do is is seize the brass ring well he did he got over with the crowd he got the big swing super over uh he had the cesaro section like cesaro was loved by that crowd it it reminds me a little bit of zach Ryder, where zach Ryder got over in spite of the crappy creative and the shit that they stuck him with uh he got over and wwe was just like nah yeah. Uh, it's it's what they did with the, with Brian Danielson for the longest time, right. where the, where the crowd wanted him and they loved him and they were like nope and they refused to do it until the crowd literally kind of forced them to. Yeah, no, Marcus. I mean, we talked about this last week uh, about it, uh, like with Cody potentially being a work. Kind of weird that both Claudio and Cody have their contracts expire, and we don't hear we hear confusing things leaving as they leave their company, respective companies. Is yeah. there anything to that, Marcus? Probably not. I would say <laughs> that I would say that it's just happenstance. Um, you know, it's. I think that you could entice me to believe that there's something going on if Cody showed up on WWE on the same night as Claudio showed up. What on I'm AEW. saying are, is there are there some sort of collaboration between the two? Like, hey, let's really shock the world by going to this certain promotion or that certain promotion. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't know. I, th- I think there would be a, a, too many moving parts. Maybe. Maybe not, though. <laughs> Both guys are free agents, so how much moving parts you have to worry about? 
I don't know. It's uh, well, you're saying that uh, who are you saying is collaborating here? WWE and Claudio, Anybody? Claudio, and Cody. Where they're like, let's just swip, swap positions. Not swap. It's not like <laughs> not you like... can come in and start doing jobs for guys fresh <laughs> out of NXT. I'll go over there. No, and, uh, he would be jobbing out to like somebody that we've seen so many times already, and it just wouldn't make sense. Not NXT. They don't bring anybody from NXT. No, it would be like Baron Corbin would come out and beat him. Happy Corbin would just would happen. Um, no, I, I mean like, hey, let's uh, let's create let's create a story here uh, amongst everybody. It'd be like, all right, Cody and Cesaro in AEW, back in AEW, and they have an agenda or something to that effect. I don't know, Marcus. I'm just throwing it out there, just a little something. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say unrelated, and uh, I I think that, uh, that regardless, I think that Claudio would be the biggest signing to me uh, that AEW has gotten thus far. Name anybody? Well, not Punk, Marcus. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> or Brian Danielson. Okay, fine. You make a couple. Jeez, oh man, Jericho, couple, perhaps. From from a work rate. <laughs> How about from a work rate standpoint? I don't um, know. That's arguable too, Marcus. Brian like, Danielson. I, but but I, I think that I think that if we get to see uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Cesaro go to work, everybody's going to be putting Cesaro in that same category. Well, yeah, I think that, that you, can. I think you already category. can. I think he kind of already can. A lot of well, you know, he's he's not exactly shined in the in the three minute segments that he gets on on Raw. Yeah. No, look, uh, Stephen Chambers makes a good point. I'm sure Punk, Danielson, Cole, and Miro pitch in for him to AEW. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, it sounds like Tony Khan has established a really close relationship with a lot of the talents in the company, and I'm sure that you know the people who've worked with him are probably banging on. Uh, the office door for Mr. Khan saying like, Hey, look, if you're going to sign somebody, you need to bring in Claudio. You got to bring him in. Not, to, not to mention, you know, Eddie Kingston kayfabes it, but I, I believe that he's very good friends with Claudio. Oh, and, sure. Uh, yeah. He does. And, Eddie and, yeah. went out and tweeted a friend of the show, by the way, I tweeted out that uh, he doesn't have, have we mentioned that show up in AEW. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, and when we uh, interviewed Eddie right here on this, on this podcast, two down my dudes on a rampage, uh, he, uh, I asked him about working with Claudio and he like rolled his eyes and we refused to put him over. Um, but no, I think that those might guys have to dig that clip up. I might dig that clip up. Oh, I think we better. Mm. Uh, Dom, let's hammer on. Nesha uh, says, let's talk AEW. Well, let's ooh, do that. All right. Nesha's, Nesha's fucking over it, dude. Um, <laughs> hey, Dominic. Ooh. I have the segue, but. If... Well, well, I, I just wanted to ask because I'm seeing what Jason Michael Campbell has to say. Jason okay. Michael Campbell, borderline polarizing so far. Uh, <laughs> no, no, up one. Uh, up one? I guess they are body shaming Adam Cole. Uh, Dom, I've been hearing a lot about this. What do you? What, what's your take on that silly shit? I never thought about it. Like I never gave it. People would talk about it, and I'm like, he looks fine to me. He looks good Re- to me. Wrestling has changed. Wrestling has yes. changed, dude. You don't have to be go out there and be like six four and just jacked. Up on steroids or he's like in, he's in great shape. Like I don't is, know what you want out of it. Like, and like you don't have to be this huge guy. He's a great worker. He's mm-hmm. a great worker. He's got a great look. Um, he's marketable. So so no, I, I don't think there's much to that. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think there is either. But Marcus, my segue was, geez, uh Eddie Kingston's uh in, embroiled in a feud. That's Friend of the show. Good. Friend of the show. <laughs> pretty darn good right now. Uh, with uh, he had a confrontation with Chris Jericho, uh, very in- engaging yet combative promo segment that we had on Dynamite. Uh, what'd you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was good. They're both they're both really strong promos. Obviously, Jericho's been a strong promo for what like twenty five years. Um, but uh, you know, Eddie Kingston, uh, friend of the show, I, he's he's been a strong promo since one of the strongest promos in the business since being put on a national stage. Really, um, yeah. so it's it always cool, always cool to see uh, that sort of thing happen. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's exciting. Um, I think, and I may have mentioned this uh, last week, uh, Kingston has to go over here, right? What does it, sure, what does yeah. it do? What does it do? Um, otherwise what, what's the point in any of it? Yeah. You know, Jericho's established Jericho is Teflon is, you know, short of, short of putting him in a match where he gets covered with orange juice. It's going to be really hard to, uh, hard to bury him. Yeah, they even did that and it didn't oh, yeah. bury him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so it's, it, it, what's it hurt? Um, yeah. He needs, he needs to put over Eddie and, and elevate him. I think that's what's going to happen, but it, I think, um, you know, you look at it from how they talked on Wednesday night um, and what Eddie played into about Jericho being a sports entertainer and everything like that and taking their, his digs at, WWE and in turn Jericho also taking a dig at WWE too. Didn't he mention uh, like Paul Levesque too? Yes, that's the name of the show. Mark tonight is uh, the Jericho Levesque hates or something like that. I, I put it. Hey Dom, real quick, John Howard, first time chime in. Welcome. Welcome, oh yes, John. welcome uh, everybody. Uh, new new folks, old new and folks. old, new and old. We're happy to have you. Uh huh. Yep. Number four mention. We must have said that several times that Eddie's a friend of the show here. I, you know, it's it, sometimes I forget. It's important, I think, for us to put it out there. Both him and, and Thunder Rose are friends of the show. Yep. Um, and several more we can get to. We a crowbar friend of the show, right? Oh, of course. We got it. We got him cooking. Hey, but uh, yes, I liked the contrast, but of the one another's promos but how they played off of one another too like jericho was like he felt like the the sports entertainer side of the promo you know uh you get your kind of classic jericho-esque digs and stuff like that but then eddie you get what he was talking about like hey i am who i am and he was who he was by saying a lot of that shit and like you know like you're almost thinking like okay how's jericho gonna come back at this one or like what's he gonna say to make this and they kept it up they kept the ball up in the air man i thought it was a really good uh dynamic between the two and um i thought a lot of good lines were said uh chris mentioned about uh eddie's like his uh, like a born failure kind of thing set up a good story for that regard um and then just eddie taking some he wants the jericho of old from wcw he wants the jericho that mr levesque hates he wants you know, uh, the, the Jericho that you saw, like, tear down the house at, like, New Japan and shit like that. And so, like, I thought it was a really good setup for this, uh, like, relatively new feud. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it tells a tells a fun story. You know, they are they're really kind of two different different stories as far as uh, the wrestling journey. And, you know, incredibly, they wound up meeting here on a, on a national stage with AEW. But like you, you kind of think about each of their individual journeys, you know, uh, Jericho, since he was what, uh, early 20s, he's been. Yeah. He's been on a on a national stage and you climbed the mountain and done great. And Eddie Kingston, this is really his first crack, and he's what like thirty eight. Thirty eight, yeah. Right, right. So uh, very different wrestling journeys. So I I think it's cool that they played that up. And yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun um, as long as Eddie goes over. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, it really is. Um, 
I would just like it to be a straight up match too. I don't. I wouldn't want any like stipulations or anything. Like hey, Dom, that. you don't want a hot tub full of orange juices. I think fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay, okay. with that. Um, maybe I could take you, like a. You don't want video game arcade systems surrounding the ring. None of that. Um, what else kind of weird stuff have we had before in, in AEW? There's been some weird stuff. Uh, yeah, there's there's been a lot. Hmm. No, I'm just all right with straight up match, um, and just let them go. Let them go. Tell their story in the ring. Jason and Michael Campbell wants the thrill seekers, Jericho and Lance Storm. What if Lance Storm came out? I see. I don't want anything. I don't want any. No, like, I know. I don't think, it, I don't I don't think want, they need any frills. I think they could really. It would make a big highlight of that match if it was just a straight up match. You had a straight up winner. Uh, it just like I think it would make it stand out a lot more. It looks no. like John Howard would like a dinosaur involved in the match somehow, though, Dominic. And and I co-signed this idea. No, I, I think he's playing off what I was saying. Kind of saying, like, okay, what, what kind of weird stuff can we add? Um, and he's referring, of course, to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, that is weird. Yes. Weird um, gimmick. Weird gimmick. Um, and have you noticed he doesn't talk anymore? He just, Marcus, like, yeah. we. It's like, seems... what happened? He almost, it's like he devolved. Am I wrong? Right. Yeah. What is What is going on over there? I mean, uh, but no, there's a, there's a lot of hissing. A lot did of, he get lot caught of, in a meteor shower or something? <laughs> a lot of tongue, a lot of tongue sticking out over there. Right, right. So, what's gonna? Ha- what's that story about? What are they gonna tell with that? I mean, how do you build a hot angle with a guy that that only does that? If you think about it, like and just, he used to like speak in a somewhat intellectual form, but now he's he's devolved. Right. He was like he was at like the podium at one point. He's like, I've got a master's degree. I've done this, yeah, I've got right. that, and now it's just like, you know what, fuck all that. Here's my tongue. I'm a hisser. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody that wasn't hissing was MJF. And tell him quite the story. Boy, the, it may have been your worst segue in the so? history of the podcast. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, anywho, this was quite the promo, Marcus. And um, how did it make you feel after the fact? I wasn't crazy about it. Really? Um, yeah, and I like I understand what they were doing, and I think it's I, I thought it was interesting. But thing is that uh, his bread and butter is being like this guy who refuses to be vulnerable, even even when he is vulnerable, and uh, and it's just uh, you on somebody that you can't relate to, um, or at least at least somebody that the average American can't relate to, right? His whole gimmick is I grew up filthy rich, I've had everything handed to me. Um, you know, I'm, I still think that I'm, I, I thumb my nose at everybody. I'm better than everybody like that. That's been kind of his bread and butter and it's, it's what's kind of gotten him where he is. And now all of a sudden he's relatable, right? He, he's talking about feeling, feeling, uh, left, left behind with CM Punk whenever CM Punk left. Um, he was tearing up. He was like, it's, it's too relatable and it paints him as a sympathetic baby face to a degree. And that is not what you do with MJF, at least in my humble opinion. Now, look, was it a good promo? Of course, it was great. He's always great. There's, there's, he's never picked up a mic and been bad uh, since I've been watching. Um, however, did they go the right direction? I don't think so. Mark, I mean, I think we got to take a step back and, and look at who we're speaking of. This is MJF. This is what what's he been great at is manipulation. Has he not? So him talking... Like you think about Cody, you think about, you know, everybody that he's kind of rubbed up against. Sometimes it's plainly obvious. You're like, okay, MJF is not, he's up to no good here. I think this is the time where he's completely lets his guard down 
And what do heels do best is fucking pull the rug out from under you. This was a great promo. Made you feel for him. Like, there was some stuff that, like, yeah, it was heavy. And, and things like that. And then he didn't, like, he didn't give any indication to Punk at the end of the match. Or at the end of the segment that, like, he felt any different. You know what I mean? Like, th- what he was saying was sincere. And, heck, you could still play it off that he was sincere. But a heel also would be like, oh, I got past all that stuff, and you guys fucking felt for me. <laughs> and I beat your asshole, like, ch- your asshole top star here. Like, something to that effect. So I think this is a little – maybe there's a little bit more to tell with this, obviously, story. And and I'm, I'm sure, and I'm sure that we're not going to just, you know, we're not going to go into the match with it just being like, uh, hey, uh, MJF hasn't always had it easy, and here's CM Punk who everybody loves. Let's have a match. Like, I, I'm quite sure that there's going to be, you know, like the whole swerve, and of course he's being disingenuous and all that sort of thing. But the thing is that uh, if, if you're a casual fan – if you're just like tuning in um, and you see that segment, uh, how does it paint MJF to you? I, I think I, it's, it's like I've told you, I like broad brush jokes when it comes to wrestling. I like very overt, good guy, bad guy. Of course we can see some shades of gray. Um, of course we can have like some nuance, but when it well, comes this, to like, this is a shade of gray then when it comes to a money heel like MJF, I, I don't, I don't think you fuck with what's good. You know, I don't know if they necessarily are, though, Marcus. I think this is just going to be like, you know, hey, MJF pulls another one out, you know, from under everybody. You know, I think that's kind of what they're going for. And um, he wants you to sympathize, uh, you know, you buddy up to him, you, you feel bad, you either sympathize or empathize with him, and then he just punches you right in the stomach. So I think that's kind of what uh, they might be going for. Uh, oh, yeah, like, uh, John, this was in the, the – what you call promo, the Eddie promo? What's a baby face? <laughs> when mm. when Eddie said that, um, yeah. But I just uh, I think it shows MJF's chops a little bit here and his ability to uh, convey a certain message. And um, you know, but hell, I think we're still gonna get a heel MJF. You know, it's he's gonna freaking dog collar match against like your top baby face, arguably, in CM Punk. So uh, I think the I think there's there's more to this. That, uh, so, well, you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting. You know, there's no denying that. But I don't know, man. It's uh, so I'm I'm the kind of guy that it, every morning I I have pretty much the same breakfast, do the same thing. I don't like change, Dom. Well, you're boring. You're boring in person. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the, the people don't have to be that way, Marcus. Hey, I'm, I'm about to tear up like MJF right now. Well, make me tear up, Marcus. Make me tear up. Make me feel that pain. <laughs> All right, let's hammer on. Um, okay. Uh, let's see, Marcus, uh, the, what, oh my gosh. Um, just what, what is, I don't have anything written down here. <laughs> oh, okay. So the rest of the agenda is just, just done. It was sh- shoot from the hip. I'm usually pretty good with memorizing. So, I, so just about. now, just now, Dominic, were you being disingenuous when you said, oh my God, like, it sounded like you're about to go into something big. No. You're like, oh, Marcus, oh my gosh. Well, that's, um, I said, oh my gosh, cause I couldn't remember what to talk about that's what i said yeah you know nesha's helped me bill any out there dominic she just said buddy murphy we could go ahead yes and talk about that. thank you buddy matthews what a great see nesha co-host nesha here <laughs> um yeah wait Marcus. a minute what john howard has asked what are your thoughts on luke cage not getting used uh, thank you. uh, uh luke cage is from the netflix series the Marvel Universe. But yes. I think that's why he named himself Brian Cage was because of Luke Cage. So I'll tell you what, Luke Cage, tremendous. He would be a tremendous wrestler. Tremendous. 
uh, has a personality like the outlaw personality. You can't beat that. He's uh, not vulnerable, though. Just not vulnerable enough. I think Luke Cage might be vulnerable. Uh, Luke Cage has like regenerative health. That, that doesn't do you, mean he's not emotionally you, vulnerable, Marcus. Oh, you, you're saying you would have to manipulate him with psychological warfare. Yeah, I bet you MGF could maybe manipulate Luke Cage. All right, we're going off the rails. Okay. So, but let's talk about that in a second. Yeah, it's been reported that uh, Brian Cage has kind of like they gave him, they signed him for another year, and we haven't seen him. Um, when did they sign? Doesn't seem like there's a sign of. Uh, I think his contract was expiring out, and uh, Tony Connery signed him like just recently. So he signed through February 2023. Um, um, are they keeping him away to bring him back as as I've re- requested? And by the way, Tony Con Tony Con listens to this podcast. We've established that. Um, is has he listened again, Dominic? Is he bringing Brian Cage back as Mortis? I would. I think that's a really good idea, Marcus. I like it. So it's, a, it's almost like almost like a really smart guy came up with that idea. Uh maybe. <laughs> it wouldn't go that far, but I think it'd be pretty cool if you have him feud with House of Black, right? Or Especially join. with this so with this new member of Buddy Matthews, Marcus. Or join join House of Black and and rename Buddy Matthews Wrath. <laughs> How about Ming? <laughs> so we'll bring out Ming. We'll get Kevin Buddy Sullivan. Ming. Buddy Ming. We'll bring out Kevin Sullivan as Satan. <laughs> it's Satan. He's just Satan. <laughs> right. They don't call him the devil. They don't call him. Uh, they don't call him uh, Kevin Sullivan. It's just it's Satan. It's Satan. Satan has made his debut. He's got Satan it. is all elite. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan puts the guy up. <laughs> there's like flames around him. <laughs> so uh, I would tune in. I would tune in if Tony oh, Satan's here, guys. Jeez. Well, no, no. Kevin Sullivan as Satan. No, that's what I'm saying. But just call him Satan. Yeah. And like he's <laughs> so, like Satan's showing up on the show. Satan is all elite. Well. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hammer on. House of Black, though, uh, Buddy Matthews showed up, Marcus. You thought there was potential to be Wyndham Rotunda? I told you already, hey, it's going to be Buddy Matthews. And sure enough, Marcus, I'm fucking right. You nailed it, dumb. Buddy nailed Matthews. It. Buddy Matthews. Um, he showed up. What would you think, Marcus? Any assessment at this point? Well, um, didn't didn't do much for me, uh, mostly because I'm I'm pretty unfamiliar with, with his, uh, his work in WWE. Um, just because I don't watch WWE, uh, like I, I knew that he was with Seth Rollins, uh, dude looks like a million bucks. He's in very good shape. Uh, from what I've heard, he's a, he's a great worker. So, uh, so, so yeah, it's, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, but you're also, you know, it's, I, I guess if you're putting him with house of black, you know, they still only account for one segment. So that seems like a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. John Howard here is making a good point about I, Penta. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah. Th- so when he came out and, uh, by the way, uh, Alex or wh- what's it, what's his manager's name? Alex Abrahante. Yes. Alex Abrahante. Love the guy. Um, but when he came out, I didn't recognize him when he's like dressed as like the fucking crypt keeper. And yeah. then he's like singing along with the music. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was fucking weird, dude. I want, I like uh, Michael Jackson slash Freddie Mercury looking Alex Abrahantes. Right. Oh, what if you know? he just came out in like a different outfit every week, though? You know, like next week he's like a fucking werewolf. Um, <laughs> werewolf wouldn't be bad. But like werewolf, like like the wolf man from like the 30s. You know? Like Lon Chaney. 
right with like the fur just goes <laughs> around want, his face. You want all out like fucking done with like real a black a black nose. A black yes. nose. Right. I want that. And then like the next week, uh he's like just Vincent Price. Vincent Price would be good. <laughs> if you really want to go, keep going like the 30s, right? You could have him come out as like uh, Ray oh, Bolger Fra- from the Wizard of Oz. Frankenstein. Ray Bolger from the Wizard of Oz. And get like the headpiece and have him come out as fucking Frankenstein. Have him singing the song by like the tombstone. Oh, what if he's like digging? They have like a grave set up and he's just like, he's digging the dirt and then Penta comes up out of the dirt. That would Ooh, actually look cool. pretty sweet. That would be actually pretty badass. Yeah. They could that'd, do that. That would look pretty sweet. Yeah, I would like that actually. What um, the see, Dom? That would be fun if they like. What would they like? Kill off Pentagon storyline, and then like every week, every week, Alex Abrahantes is oh, digging them up. Oh, see that? I think you're onto something, Marcus. Yeah, that you could know, be fun. You were talking about like, you know, having your own kind of Undertaker thing with maybe like a Bray Wyatt or something. I'd go and and Luchasaurus. Uh, he's hissing already. We're good. <laughs> we we got that. We got the dinosaur section established. Let's get like more of the the undead thing happening here, huh? So, yeah, I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So storyline kill off Penta. Not sure how you do that without raising. Some they eyebrows. did. They did something to that effect. I think in Lucha Underground. Uh, really? At least they killed Luchasaurus in Underground. Didn't they kill off the bunny in Impact? Yes, Bunny got killed in Impact. Uh, I think Mickey James got killed in Impact. James Storm pushed her in front of a train. Do you believe that'll, that? That'll do it then. Well, that's gonna. That's gonna. That'll do the trick. I would not want to be. I mean, I don't want to die in general. I don't think I'd want to be hit by a train to die. No, it seems like a bad way to go. Mm-hmm. Seems like a very bad way to go. Not, not sure like if there's that. a great way to go. Um, but yeah. Anyways, boy, we, we digressed <laughs> a little bit. Buddy Murphy, Dominic. Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Murphy. Matthews. Buddy Matthews. Yeah, Buddy Matthews. Um, I will say, geez, I had a good point about the House of Black, but now I cannot remember because we went way off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you talking uh, about Bray Wyatt a little bit, maybe? I don't know. It wasn't in relation to that. Ah, shit. What was it? Dang it. Boy. Um, I, you know, I, I'm optimistic to see what Buddy is. But I think it goes back to the problem of, like, hey, what's going on? Like, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Um, we talked about this before, too, Marcus. This was, like, probably over a year ago, actually. Was uh, the idea of getting... You know, uh, certain categories. I was texting with a couple friends this, over the course of the week and, um, you know, bringing up a point where you have eight people in, in mind that you want to build up throughout your whole promotion. Like you have eight fo- main focuses. I was looking at it more for like, okay, let's look at it as categories, you know, where you have world title, TNT title, uh, the uh, women's division, so the TBS title and the the women's title then you have the tag division and then the rest of that so you have you focus on three in each category three in each and then from then you have your other talent there to enhance the rest of that whether that's through good storyline doesn't mean they're losing but it just that their whole purpose there is to build up those talents you want up there they're they're, they're the focus who the main feuds are going to be on who your payoff matches are with everything like that um and you, you make that the focus. And I think that's a good structured way to kind of move forward in dealing with so many people on your roster. What is- John John Boutwell, what's up? Thanks hey. for joining. Um, uh, you know, it, it it sort of brings up an idea that that I, I had thought of as well, which is, you know, so you've got, you've got somebody like Joey Janela, who I'm not always a fan of, but I do think he takes great bumps 
Um, and he would make a really he'd he'd be a fun a, a good enhancement talent. I think. I don't uh, know. If, is he there still there anymore? I, I don't know, but I'm just using him as an example. Okay, go ahead. A, a talent like that would be the sort of guy that you you maybe don't sign to an actual contract, but you do say like it, you kind of have him like an on call talent where you say like, hey man, uh, we need you in Tampa next week. Um, you know, here's the payday, and you you bring him in, have him do the job, put somebody over, making it shine him up. And uh, say, okay, we'll call you in, you know, three weeks or whatever to do it again. Um, That would probably be the best use. But here's here's the issue is that still um, we still have too many top talent in the company. You and I you and I ran down a list. You know, we said in, in, in a in a dynamite program, there's what there's eight total quarter hours. We've got more than eight top guys that you want to feature. Right. Um. Sure. And so, so what the the corner you're backing yourself into now, all of a sudden, is the same corner that I think WWE backed themselves into, and it's why they became so structured. Where like you know, there's uh, I would say the average match on WWE is maybe six minutes, something mm-hmm. like that, um, and it's because they've got so much talent that they need to feature. So they're like, okay, uh, hey, but they went over by uh, the last segment was supposed to be six minutes. They went over by uh, two minutes. That leaves you now with four minutes to complete your match. So go out there and, and you get all the shit, get all your shit in within four minutes. Um, and I think that that's what's happening in WWE. And I think that, uh, the AEW is kind of positioning themselves to deal with the same, um, just due to the, the giant influx of talent that they're having. It's now, look, favorite. like, a, like I've said, I think that Cesaro is, is a must sign. There are some guys that are must sign Bray Wyatt must sign. Um, there, there's some talents that, that you have to go out and get, but at the same time, I think that you've got to be really strategic and you've got to let some, some lesser used talent, even if it's a name, even if it's somebody that you really love, um, you have to let some people, uh, contract expire. Yeah. I think, I mean, we're getting to the, I mean, obviously it's that point where contracts are expiring. So, I mean, yeah, there's that. And, uh, like to your point, yeah, you go back and visit, you know, uh, you know, a certain city, you bring that talent in for a little bit to work a couple shows or a couple matches, uh, get it on tape again. And there's there's always a familiar face. You just bring them around. And with the indie scene the way it is and, you know, there's opportunities for the wrestlers to hone their craft further or like, you know, change, you know, anything like that. And, you know, heck, they're they're back in the mix with everything, whether that's WWE, AEW, you name it. So I think there's that chance to do that. But yeah, I'm really about creating a certain, a more of a hierarchy, an established hierarchy that focuses on a certain select few talent, like the three, three people in each category is your main focus on it or teams, you know, whatever it is. And then go from there, go from there. Cause then you have a base that you can work off of and pick and choose and, and make things happen. Because look, not only do you got buddy Matthews just signing, but uh, it's already reported that uh, Swerve the Realist, also known as Shane Strickland, also known as Isaiah Scott, has signed with AEW. And wow, what a talent he is, too. Well, um, Dom, you, you actually uh, you bring me to a point here that Stephen made just a little bit ago. T- uh, Tony teasing huge announcement, Dynamite, either a new streaming service or Cody comes back. And he said he's just kidding about Cody. But uh, Tony Khan's big announcement coming, uh, coming this Wednesday. Apparently, he said he feels that he's going to be in a position to make this announcement on Wednesday. Um, so, mm. well, what do you think it is, Dom? <clears throat> I guess that sounds like, from that perspective, it sounds like more of, yeah, he, uh, he might be announcing a streaming service. But, uh, you know, is that – my thing is that's big news. That's obviously big news. Like, especially if it's like HBO Max or anything like that. I have HBO Max, by the way. I would fucking love it if that was the case. But um, 
is like from a wrestling show perspective, is that a big announcement? You know what I mean? Like from what you're presenting on your show as a product, is that a huge big announcement that fans are going to be like, yes? You know what I mean? I'm ex- I mean that's an ex- it's an exciting notion for the wrestling business and for AEW. But is that from, you know, hey, getting eyes on your product, being like, wow, okay, that is big news. Like, kind of, do you kind of get what I'm saying out here? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a big announcement based on your perspective. You know, like, for somebody like me, I love AEW. I think it's, I think it's the best wrestling program on TV right now. But, like, it doesn't really impact my life. Uh, right. So, so it really depends on your perspective. Now, is, is it a big thing in wrestling? Sure. But is it a big thing uh, to the average fan? Not really. You know, when, when Tony Khan says big announcement, um, what's everybody's first thought? He's bringing somebody in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, that's what everybody's thinking about. Um, Stephen Chambers making a point here. Dom and May, they're starting Owen Hart tournament. Could that's, be more, yeah. in Ho- more Owen Hart stuff. I know that they just released their first Owen Hart t-shirt. Uh, AW did. Oh, did they? Yep, it's a pretty cool looking shirt too. Um, so it, it might it might just be the announcement of like, hey, we're starting, we're rolling out Owen Hart shit. You know what? I I don't remember the dates exactly, but um, there's the River City Convention or something, uh, in Jacksonville. Guess who's supposed to be there? Uh, I don't know who. Brett the Hitman Hart. I don't oh, know my. if that has anything. Well, I will say, you know, that that uh, if you're going to have somebody come out and, you know, present a trophy or show, hey, here's here's the prize that everybody's working for. Who better? Who's better than Bret Hart? Well, Martha. Martha. Well, and I was just going to say Owen Hart's wife uh, and children would be would be great there, too. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that maybe one might make me think otherwise. But heck, you don't know. Maybe you think there's a certain amount of patching up, you know, that happened. That, I hope so. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, you know. Also, um, this is a, this is a little aside, but I did read on Twitter that uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. is back uh, in active form. He's getting back, ready to get back in the ring. So, how fun would it be to have him in that tournament? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Former Opera Cop winner of MLW, David Richards, David Davy Boy Smith, and David Richards was one too. Boy, um, boy, oh boy. But yeah, Mark. I mean, a lot of talent, a lot of talent. You really have to focus. It's a, I, it's a upsetting predicament to be in i think right because like you want to use these guys and gals and uh, certain ones that you want to root for and i want to see more of this person and that but it's also like to convey stars as stars you have to focus on them yeah and uh well first let me let me address what nesha said here i don't think it's something major i think it's to get folks to watch i and it, i hope that that's not the case um because you are really burning your bridges when you do shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that Dixie Carter fell victim to. Oh, where yeah. She would say, like, we have the biggest announcement in the history of wrestling next week. And then she, it would be like, next week would come and she'd be like, yep, uh, the pay-per-view's main event is a ladder match. Like, she'd say something <laughs> like that. It's like, that's the biggest announcement in the history of wrestling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she she routinely did that shit and burned bridges to the point where it's like, okay, you've cried wolf enough and I'm not fucking tuning in again. Uh, yeah. for the shit. Uh, Dominic John Howard made it made a point earlier also to what you were just saying. Uh, you're talking about utilizing talent. If higher talent is spread out over nine months instead of all year, it would make the comeback times and feuds more fresh. Uh, so it sounds like he's suggesting almost like an off season. Um, yeah, I would, I would that. Uh, John, I've used before in, on this show like a volleyball team, like a volleyball game. You like rotate people in and out and like keep but you keep your stars in. You keep your stars in the game. But like, hey, 
you know, the rest of the roster is uh, fluid, if you will. So, yeah, I'm totally with that. Like I, an offseason or something. I think it's one way to go. You know, if like, look, here's the other thing is if this announcement that Tony's making is, hey, we've got we've got another wrestling program that's streaming exclusive. Um, again, it, it wouldn't really impact my life uh, big time, but um, it would uh, present another platform to feature talent. on. I think if Tony's going to make that announcement, he's got to pair it with like something that fans can be like, this fucking person showed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think it's got to be kind of something the effect where it's like, okay, that really, ooh, that's changing the whole game right there. I right. obviously like uh, a streaming deal, with, like an HBO max would be a game changer, like in the general industry of the business. And I, that's huge news, but it's like from a television presentation standpoint, uh, yeah, I would, I as a fan, I'd want a little bit more, right? Here's, here's the other thing. And this is why I don't think it's going to be a streaming service thing is that, so, uh, WWE has obviously WWE network, but they've got, they've got this gigantic, massive catalog of, of content to put on that network. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about like everything from AWA, Mid-South, NWA, WCW, everything. Um, they have, they own the rights to all of it. So they've got this giant library. What is AEW's library, Dominic? Just AEW history and, you know, that's, that's, that's not enough to turn the dial. Certainly not enough to get somebody to fork over whatever it is, nine ninety nine a month or whatever it is he's going to charge. So that I don't, I don't think that they have enough yet. Now, that being said, if Vince McMahon is starting to sell off assets, I think it would be really wise for Tony Khan to invest in them. And maybe Dominic. Maybe he invested in the ROH library, um, and he's he's going to say that's that's our library that we feature again. Though if he did that, uh, is there Stephen Chambers is on it? Uh, he said AEW by ROH content. He may have, and maybe that's the announcement. But what do you charge for that? I don't know that it turns the dials enough for a wrestling fan to say like, yeah, here's nine ninety nine a month so that I can watch ROH stuff. That's probably I could probably find on YouTube anyways. I mean, that, but that could change too. Like, if you if AEW wants to get stringent about that, they could get all that content removed off of YouTube and everything too. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, like I think that falls in the same category, and even maybe in, uh, like from a standpoint. Okay, I think the biggest news would be like they signed a deal with HBO Max for a streaming service. Second biggest deal, like from an industry maybe perspective, is they buy the ROH library or something like that. But again, I think you have to pair it with something, whether that's a you know a big reveal of a star coming debuting uh a big or like you know maybe stars returning like could you imagine like hey this whole thing like i said back with cody hey what if cody was the one that came back with the roh contractor or something like that and has the the library and has ownership of that i don't know kind of almost like a thing you don't want an invasion obviously just shit like spitballing kind of thing but it's like you need to pair those things with something because boom it's it's a great thing but I mean, if you ha- if you're a viewer, you want immediate satisfaction while you're watching it. So it's like, okay, that announcement was made, but what am I getting out of it right here and right now? Like, I tuned in because there was supposed to be this big announcement. That's big, but I want something right now. Kind of thing, it wouldn't you know? it wouldn't turn the dials for me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So no, I agree. I think that people want instant gratification, and he's kind of set the bar where it's like, you know, hey, something big is happening, and then like CM Punk shows up, or Brian Danielson shows up, Keith Lee shows up. Even though I know some people were disappointed by that, Dominic, what if Cody buys ROH? As Nesh is saying right here, uh, what if Cody buys ROH, and then they uh, they do a little cross promotional war? I think it's I think it's pretty good. I think uh, 
the invasion angles have been beaten to a dead horse very, very much so. So I would try to kind of find a, a realm of, you know, and this could be to your point, Marcus, where it's like, okay, you have another way to present your wrestling show, but, you know, with another name on it, and you almost have two leagues or conferences like the AFC and the NFC. And then, like, you get something going in that regard. I think that would be cool. I very much, though, would not want more titles except like maybe a cruiserweight championship or something or a trios. You could maybe get away with a couple more titles. Maybe. Oh, but you need, you need the intergender tag titles. Yeah. Something to uh, just be selective. You don't need a two world champions. You don't need two TNTs champions, two TBS champions. Just. Oh no. Too convoluted. You know, too convoluted. I fucking, it just makes things seem less than. Yep. You know, you have an ensemble cast. You want to focus more on, on some select talent. I think. Uh, with an ensemble to support them. So, I agree. Um, Marcus, anything else really popping out that you want? Oh, let's talk about um, Danielson and Moxie, how they closed out the show. Uh, main event was Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson. Uh, great match. Quite a match. Quite, Quite a match. match. Um, and then you had Mox come out and tease more so where uh, Danielson and Moxley look like they might align instead of, you know, after they fight – <laughs> at uh, Revolution, looks like they might be on the same page, right? Feels a little directionless. Uh, like you know, it, there's direction as far as you know. It, it's it is looking like Mox and Danielson are going to form a tag team, which is cool. Feels a little bit directionless as far as like what is Daniel Bryan right now? Is he a babyface or a heel? Because um, the uh, he wrestled a heel uh, or a guy who's been presented as a heel in right. in Garcia, and then Garcia and his buddies got heat on him afterwards. Yes. Heat like you would get on a baby face. But I think he hasn't been behaving like a baby face. You know what? I just think maybe that was like like we were I was kind of hoping was that it was just a temporary thing for the hangman program where he was like, okay, he's like this fucking ruthless uh heel, like destroying everybody in the dark order, kind of like you know, being a little like condescending to the fans. Well, more than a little condescending, it was condescending to the fans. And then maybe this is the transition thing that gives him a reason to get out of it, you know? Nesha says he's a mix of both, Dom. Yeah, see, I just don't – I don't think that's the best way to play a top star a lot of the times. Because, like, look at what happened with, like, the Young Bucks, you know, where it was just, like, this kind of, like, okay, where are they standing at here? Like, it, like, it just he, – He's still shiny and new, too. Yes. He's still shiny and new in AEW, and nobody wants to boo him. No. And I will say this, though. Danielson's one of the best at doing this, like, you know, where he, okay, you like him, but he's also can be just that total asshole thing too. He can play that off. He's great at both roles. So, um, well, I'll tell you what, Jason Michael Campbell is just turning heel right man, here in the chat. <laughs> man, turning heel in the chat. Full blown heel. It's just not a main eventer. Will You're never clearly, be. Kid oh, sucks. Damn. Yeah. Uh, so that's two, two of, you could argue two of the best workers in the world. And, uh, Jason Michael Campbell, not a fan, not a fan. Uh, John Howard, potentially a fan. If they form a stable, what would you guys like to see? Who would you like to see join? Who would you pick? I, I hope they don't form a stable. I really do. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of stables, but yeah, yeah, a lot of stables, but if, uh, I, if I would you... rather see them almost like just tag teaming together, like, like Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold did, right? Where it's just or like... maybe one person with them. Would that be like you get like a somebody like a Limo already? Or look, it's it, if it was anybody but Brian Danielson, I'd say yeah, sure, maybe, you know. But uh, but Brian Danielson is a standalone 
act, in my opinion, well, because he's so good. He's very good, but also he's at that point too where he can get other people to rub. So if you're having him like work with Moxie all the time, you know, uh, you already have two established guys. You want to you want to build new stars. So like getting somebody in the mix with them, I think is pretty valuable. You know, I think that's that's why you have them there. That's why you have those talent. Obviously, they're stars in themselves, but hell, you want to keep that that train rolling. You know, especially if you're doing a streaming thing and you know you want more opportunities and you want to boost some stuff up. You know, I think uh, you need to you need to include a younger guy or gal for that matter in in their faction. Dom Stephen Chambers is popping me with this because I I didn't notice it. Uh, Aubrey stopped her two count in Jade's match. Jade's shoulders were still down, so the bunny should be the the TBS champion right now. Apparently, Jr. commented that she had a brain fart, (laughs) (laughs) which I I did not see it. Did you? I think I kind of noticed something, but I thought for some reason that maybe Jade kicked out, like on it. But, but if Jr. called no, her out, see when you probably watched. Yeah, like I, the way I sit uh, my TV, it's a little far away. I'm not the best with vision, as Marcus knows. So uh, yeah, I, I think I saw something to that effect, but I didn't notice Jr. said she had a brain fart. Right? <laughs> that is that would be really funny though. He just like breaks kayfabe and he's like, "What the <laughs> fuck? She was supposed to kick out." She was supposed to kick out. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, Jade, she's great, man. Like uh, that promo at the end, like she just matter of fact and just like it's it's. I think she's a baby face, Marcus. I think they're. I think it's it's happening. You know, look, you know, you can only be dominant for so long before the fans just get behind you. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's. I I think that she's she's been dominant enough, and she's got such a unique look that. Uh, that it's just she's she's a baby face and that's all there is to it hey john thanks for joining man yeah john howard's he's got to bounce off to the family dinner all right man thanks for joining us hope you can uh, be with us next week pal yeah yeah get you in the rotation um yeah mark i think uh you know there is a matter of that dominance like even tony shivani on on the air was saying like who have we seen this dominant in like decades and like you're thinking goldberg you know, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, like, and you know, it, that's that's it's intentional. And oh, that's for what, sure, yeah, that's what I mean. I I think that Tony Khan is he wants a Goldberg, um, and he's like, okay, who's perfect for it? Miro was, Miro was perfect for it, but uh, the other person that is perfect for it is Jade. Is Jade? Yeah, Jade. Um, what do you it. think? You love Tay Conti. What What's your opinion on Jade and Tay Conti going to work? I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just it just seemed so abrupt you know what i mean where it's just like okay she calls somebody out that's almost like you debut somebody if that's gonna happen because like uh if you have ty conte come out i think it's that would be more so like you you ease into that story rather than punch the fans in the face with it you know what i mean so i i like it i like ty conte but she was just in the like another title picture too with you know uh with brit and stuff like that so uh and plus like Hey, we haven't seen Ruby Soho that much either, and I know she was just in the program with Jade, but like that's a good point. Where is she? Uh, is she still working like other sh- like indie shows and stuff like that? I think she's just been more on dark and elevation and stuff, and that's that's the issue. That's what I mean. Is like you need to have you got to establish these stars and, and focus on a certain amount of women, certain amount of men, certain amount of tag teams, everything like that to 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 get things cooking. Because you know if you're punching us in the face with a sudden abrupt like, hey, this person's in the next program, it it doesn't do anything for. And I also, love Ty Conti. Also, yeah, what what was what was uh Tay Ty Tay? What what was her last what was her last angle? Anyways. 
Um, the the uh, hardcore match that she and the bunny or she and Anna Jay had against the bunny and uh, how long ago was that? Probably about like a month and a half, a few months ago, right? So that was that was the last time we saw her, or the last time that she was or involved she was, in, yeah. in in anything real significant. And by the way, I, I think she's awesome too. Uh, but so that was the last time we saw her, and now all of a sudden she she comes out for this sudden this sudden uh, appearance and to mm-hmm. make a challenge. And why are we supposed to give a shit? Right, it doesn't it doesn't give us. I, you know, I want a reason. I want a reason instead of like, hey, I want a challenge for that. And I know Jade's having this like open challenge kind of thing, but it just seems like okay, well, we kind of know where this is going, and uh, that's the issue where it's just like. It's it's hard to care when I haven't seen Jade in a month and a half or how however mm-hmm. long it's been. Um, and Ty. and Ty Ty uh, and and like I said, I think she's awesome. She's a great talent. She works really well. But again, it comes back to okay, limited TV time. So she's she's been put on the back burner on on national television, um, and now all of a sudden she comes out, and I'm supposed to say like, hey, okay, well the, the she might she might win it. No. No, the, the, I, I, there is no thought in my mind. No, I would, I would put everything in my savings on her doing the job for for Jade. Yeah, um, there's no way that she's going to go over in that, and it's because there was no build. Now, look, if Serena Deeb came out and said uh, that she wants a piece of Jade, all of a sudden my eyebrows raised because they've been building Serena Deeb as like this unstoppable force, as just like a technical monster in pro wrestling. Well, and she's having her own open challenge too with the Professor 5-Minute Challenge. So. Right. So all of a sudden, if she comes out uh, and she wants a piece of Jade, you're like, okay, does Braun beat te- technical savvy? Yeah. That's so so, like, so that, that would mean something. I think that's where they're headed. I think so too, and I think that it's honestly, uh, uh, Deeb is the only person who really makes sense to uh, take the build off. And of. again, but not not fast. And like, I I just don't think Ty's the right person to have in this role because if you're trying to Ty is a babyface, and Jade is you're trying to maybe angle her more in a babyface role too. Where she's she been a babyface since she had her child on TV for her title win. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, people want to cheer for Jade and uh, people like they want to cheer for Ty, too. But it's also like you're you're having that. I don't know. I just think uh, it's just a matter of like positioning and, and making it seem a little bit more fluid instead of like abrupt. You know, I just yep. that's it. That's the issue. Let's uh, close out with this, Mark, as how the show opened. Dynamite opened was the Battle Royal. Uh, I love Battle Royals. Um, hate them. You hate them, and yeah. I, I have a affection for them because uh, one of my favorite moments was like when uh, Razor Ramon won the the Battle Royal on Raw to become the number one contender for the Intercontinental Title. So I kind of always had a soft spot for Battle Royals because of that match. He didn't technically win, Dominic. It well, was, yes, he won. It, it was, was he and Martel. he and Rick Martel. Yeah, so they won. So he won. So there okay. were two. There were two winners for one Battle so Royal. So he was Dominic. a winner, was he not? So, so it's co-winners. So he won. He won the battle royal. So he was a co-winner of a battle royal. He won. He won the battle royal, and so did Rick Martel. As as co-winners, they won. I I know this. Okay. (laughs) Anywho. Uh, Now I did was not a fan of this battle royal, Marcus, and um, I liked the ending. I liked it how they they ended up playing out where it was just six guys from each team. I thought that was a cool thing to do but the the story or lack thereof that they played up before that uh i did i hate 
I hate it when uh, people in Battle Royals and Royal Rumbles, name it, take their eye off the prize, take a look at their opponent that they just threw out and gloat, and where where you think that's going to happen? What What's next? Huh? How many times have you seen that? And it's just so, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Have you ever been in a dodgeball game? Yes, you have, Marcus. I've been in a dodgeball game. You got your head on a swivel, all right? You're not fucking, I don't throw a ball, eliminate somebody, and be like, yeah, fuck you. Maybe in a certain way I do, but I also keep my eyes. The peripherals, they got to be ready to go, especially in dodgeball. Battle royals are like dodgeball. They should treat it like a dodgeball game, and you just got to be aware. And I just don't like how it's not there. That's that's a missing, that does not suspend my disbelief, okay? Hey, Dom, it's wrestling logic, pal. It's, um, bad. it's one of the worst aspects, I think, of wrestling logic. Like, I just don't like it. It just, that's something that you should, really should tighten up and get more creative with with the Battle Royals. Because, I mean, Battle Royals can be fun, but you have to do them in the right manner. I think that's a problem with the Battle Royal concept, Dominic. A, it's a, it's a giant schmoz, and you don't know where to focus um, your attention. Um, and they try to focus your attention and usually it doesn't work because the cameraman has got the cameraman has got to be perfectly focused and know exactly where his spot is. They have to switch over to him at the right time. So there's there's a lot of that's I think it's a flawed concept right out of the gate for that reason. But also because it's been so overused over the years. There's only so many ways out, Dom. There's only so many ways. Uh, there's only so many outs for the uh, the the team that you want to protect. Right. And like, how else do you do it? Uh, and by that, I mean, when you want to protect somebody in Battle Royal, there's, okay, what what tropes do we have? We have the the classic distraction, right? Um, we have we have cheating. You could you could cheat. You could, like, low blow the guy and throw him over. Uh, there's only so many. <laughs> so, and, and I think that they've all been used. Well, and you can have a gang up on everybody. But, like, that's the, the logic standpoint of that. Okay, so, like, you know... If you're going to have somebody get eliminated, have it make sense that they get eliminated instead of like, oh, they're just looking for a long time at this person. Hey, you know, I I threw that guy out. Nobody's going to attack me from behind. I'm just so happy I threw that person out. And, oh, fuck, I got thrown out. It's just, no. Right. I just, there's certain, there's different ways to go about it here. My um, wife doing a run-in on the show, Dom. Oh, man. Wow, the first run-in for you. Does she want to, she should get on camera. I just, I just asked her to come over. She's Beckon not. her over. Oh. oh no, she's she gave me the. No, not doing it. Not Dang doing it. it. Won't do it. Wow. Um, in any case, yes. uh, battle royals sucked, Dominic. They always sucked. Um, it, the Royal Rumble is the only true fix for a battle royal because you time it out. I, I mean, I'm with you in, the, in that roundabout way, but it's like, yeah, if you're gonna do it, like I liked how they set it up, and like the story at the end was neat because it was six guys. And like your list, like, okay, it's like do or die here. Who's going to win? You know, I think there was something to be said for that. Or, Marcus, you make it eight people. Just an eight-person battle royal and, and go from there. I think you can tell more of a story that way than anything Remember, else. Remember the 60-man three-ring battle royals in WCW, Dom? Yes. The, they were like, they were like hey, hey, we know you have a hard time focusing on battle royals, but now Let's we're just going to give you – Yeah, now we're just going to give you triple the uh, the stimuli. <laughs> Just, just an insane thing to do. Also, it's like all these wrestlers are just like standing there, like, okay, do we start? It's like sixty people, sixty people out there, and they're like, okay, just start fighting. Right. What are we doing here? Let's just hang out till they ring that fucking bell. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of another reason, maybe, why I like battle royals. I really like dodgeball as a kid. 
Yeah, I mean, dodgeball is fun, and the concept is fun and everything, too. But uh, I'm trying to say Battle Royals, the, the concept on paper is fun. But at the same time, Dominic, it's it's just it's overplayed. There's too much stimuli. It's, it's silliness. And by the way, I think that Tony Khan was trying to fill a segment with a bunch of talent. Because it's he's got so much damn talent. It's a lot of teams. It's a lot of teams. Like, and it made it made you think. Like, okay, look at all the top teams you have in there, and how are you going to make the most of all those? Because you had Red Dragon, you had FTR, you had the Young Bucks, you had Santana and Ortiz, you had um, they weren't in the match, but you have like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I mean, you think about all those other teams that are involved in that you want to get over. It just it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, Marcus. How would you rate your overall dodgeball skill in high school and on? On a scale of uh, one to ten. Well, uh, Dominic, you were with me the last time I played dodgeball, were you not? Yeah, we did it in, at the Ace Hotel in Pittsburgh. We had mm-hmm. a uh huh. So I I won't speak for myself. I'll let you. No, speak for I, me, I want you to know. You have to rate yourself. That's what um, I, I asked I'm, the question. I'm easily a ten out of ten at dodgeball. Wow. Ten I, out of ten. If you were ten out of ten, wouldn't you win every game? I basically did. There were there were three games that night where I was the last person against four people or more, and I okay. won it every single time. All right, what's it, how's your skill, your dodging skill, in comparison to your perfect, your throwing skill? Come on, perfect. You got to give a rating, okay? Dom. Dom, there's there's a reason why I'm the last person in there so often. I'm good at dodging. I'm great at dodging. I think I'm a ten at dodging. Throwing, not so much. Catching, not so much. I'd put myself at a six. Well, those are those are very important stats yeah. when it comes to... <laughs> dodging a, a comes ten. Dodgeball, it's called yeah. dodgeball. You're putting yourself at a six? Not catch ball, yeah. Like like a six overall? Yeah, dude, I was so, a sole survivor so look, in there. So look, the three aspects of dodgeball. Three aspects of dodgeball, Dominic, are dodge. Dodge, got it. Throw. Not, catch. not that much. Catch, Catch okay, somewhat. So so if you distract only cover four. If you, if you only cover one of those, distract. Di- dodge, distract, catch, and what was the other one? Throw. I got and two it, of them. I would I would say Dominic, I would say at the most you are a thirty percent. You are you are three out of ten. Bullshit. Dude, how often do I survive in if dodgeball? You, if All the time. Got, if you've only got a third of it down, though, Dominic, that is that is not enough. That's like baseball. I, you hit third third percent of the time. Okay, so you're you are a three out of ten. No, no, no. I'm a five or six. You're batting three hundred, which is not six. great. Which I'm is valuable. not great in dodgeball. Marcus, I hang in there, and especially in a certain game, if you can get somebody back in. Yeah, the well, game, the, the, the thing is, but you don't catch the ball. I can you catch. Just said, you just said I'm, you don't. It's catch. not one of my best parts of it. No. <laughs> Nesh is over the dodgeball talk. I'm a six dodgeball, okay? No, you are You are a three. Fuck you, all right? How do you rank me, Dom? Go ahead. I just ranked you. You rank, all right. <laughs> See, he won't answer, folks, because he knows I'm a 10 I'll say you're 10. an 8.5. How's that? You know I'm a ten out of ten. That's, uh, let, a, that's fucking egotistical, right? There. Let's Jeez, let's man. hey, I'm just I'm just have speaking, a little bit of perspective on speaking yourself. those speaking speaking those truths. Man, how do you survive in life if you just think you're better at everything like that? Because because I, I approach everything with confidence, Dom. Anyways, AEW talk, Dom. <laughs> what do you think of Cole and uh, Hangman here? How is it setting up for you? Uh, I I like the idea of the match. I think it's going to be a great match. But I think that the problem is that we all know what the outcome is already, don't we? 
Does anybody think yeah. that Adam? Does anybody think that Adam Cole's going to win the belt? I think people. I mean, maybe. I don't know. You. I mean, they could really shock people by having him win the belt. I don't, I don't think it will. But I don't think they're gonna. Um, so says Cole new champion. So as Cole wins, I, th- I think it'd be fun if he did. Um, you know, especially because he's over. Um, but will he? No, because Hangman just got that belt, and he needs a he needs a nice long run with it. And I think uh, to to what I said last week too. I think it's gonna the young bucks, red dragon, all that kind of tension coming into play. I think that's gonna end up imploding a little bit here and uh, give Hangman, not Hangman, Adam Cole, more of a story line to focus after uh, Hangman Page. It's still like a major and more serious program than what he's been in. So. Um, yeah, and to Stephen's point here, he's saying uh, someone MJF. Uh, MJF is going to be the next champion. Yeah. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar on it. And so, yeah, Cole, Cole's not going to win. Uh, I think that I think that Hangman's going to have himself a little run. I think that MJF might go over against CM Punk in this collar match, or, or even if he doesn't, he'll he'll move on. Uh, to the to the next and, and start to build wins or maybe he'll just move directly on to hangman page uh but no it's it's inevitable uh the next champion of aw will be mjf to go time. back to that do you think so the way they positioned mjf as like in the sympathetic role this past wednesday is that an indication that he will win the match you think or how do you what does that give you any indication you think either way where are you fall on that if he hadn't just beat CM Punk yeah, twice, technically, on, right. on national TV, I would say that he's going to win. But I think that Punk, he's a and, – and, you know, as we've said before uh, on the program, some people don't need to win. Like, I don't think Jericho needs a win at all against Eddie Kingston. No. But I do think that when you've got a talent like Punk – um, and he's still young. He's still got a lot of miles left. And you want him in title contention, too. And you want him in title contention. You want to establish him as one of your top stars. I think that he's going to wind up getting a win back on MJ, on MJF. How do you feel that would would that uh, do anything? Would that damage MJF whatsoever, you think? Anything? No, no. And, you know, here's the other thing is, you know, you could do the classic, like, you know, M- uh CM Punk wins, but then MJF starts whooping his ass after the match, and uh, maybe maybe Hangman Page comes out for the save, and that's how you move on. Uh, it's been done many times. What? How would you feel about like Stephen Chambers here mentions a little bit of Wardlow here? Um, how about that story progressing during or after the match at uh, Revolution with him? Like, do you, would you be against? Wardlow somehow getting involved in some form or fashion. Yes. I, th- I think that, uh, you know, you've got two great performers in MJF and, and uh, CM Punk. I think you just let him go. Let him tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I, I don't want any of the frills. And to I, who said this last week was um, wondering about Piper and uh, Valentine's dog collar match and then Cody and Brody's dog collar match. If you want that to be up there with those ones, you don't want a lot of you don't want any no minutes. no fuckery no fuckery. yeah so I'm I'm with you on that tell tell the Wardlow story on Wednesday 
you know, and I, I will say, and I believe that Stephen King brought or Stephen King, Stephen Chambers brought it up a little bit earlier. Um, the word low Spears angle, which I, which was just on last night uh, on Rampage, where it's like basically he was doing his powerbomb symphony and he won the match with it. But then afterwards, uh, Spears is like, nah, you, you got to quit it. It's not getting over. Um, it's, again, it doesn't really turn the dials for me, not because I don't like either guy. I think both guys are awesome, but like I that's the first Wardlow match I've seen in a while. And maybe it's because I've been missing some uh, Dynamite episodes or I've been rewatching or having to fast forward at times. But like, it's to me, it's like, I, I, I see massive potential in Wardlow. I see that he, he, he could be a main event guy. He reminds me a lot of Nikita Koloff back in the day, Yeah, yeah. you know, just like not a super polished worker, but great look and uh, a powerhouse. And, you know, you could, you could build around him. Um, but yeah, I mean, as of right now, it's like, okay, so I guess like my, that was my reaction. I was like, okay, my Spears doesn't like power bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And it's and, been, a, it's been, and a story what's the next match? It's been a story that's been told week after week, after week, after week, after week. See, now that's fucking like, interesting. Dominic, of... Steve, Stephen Chambers, again, Wardlow and Brian Cage is a tag team. Hmm? Mm, Maybe. I wouldn't be against that. Maybe. Uh, the only thing that, that makes me against it is because I want to see Brian Cage come back as more. Yeah, he so needs bad. a good solo run. I think he needs a good solo run too, where it's yeah. just like he goes on the terror, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, Dom, what are the thoughts on the, the Blood Runs Cold gimmick coming into AEW with, with the Mortis character? I Like I said, I'm for it. You know, I think you handle it in the right manner. You don't fucking. So, so you agree that Glacier should be brought in to AEW? Oh, Glacier part. He was in AEW already. That was that was the whole blood runs cold thing. Oh, I, th- I was thinking you said Mortis. Okay, so that I'm sorry, but I'm, yeah, I'm saying there. with Mortis, with Mortis, you, nah. you know, he feuds with. <laughs> you bring him in as Mortis, he feuds with Glacier. Nah, that's okay. They've got the snow machine already, Dom. It just See, that's fucking, a fact. It just, that's it just true. Fucking makes sense. Glacier comes out. Tony Khan's yeah, like, I already yeah. invested in this fucking snow. We machine. We got to make the most of it here. <laughs> it's in Jacksonville. <laughs> We left it in Jacksonville. <laughs> Ness is fed up with our shit, Dom. Yes. <laughs> um, um, Sammy and Andrade was a great match. I know you didn't watch the program because you're a piece of shit, but it was it was a it was a it was a really good match. Um, Andrade's first loss in AEW. Oh, is it okay? Jeez. Well, I um, yeah. I like. I just want Andrade to be positioned like he needs. He needs something going on, like you know. And I think the t- a title of some sort needs to be in the mix. Um, so Ric Flair, we talked about yes. it before. Yeah, I think I would... think that would supplement a, a title for now if you have him with Flair, and you have him with Flair, Marcus. Yeah, to your point, that that elevates him to like a, a top star level. I think you know, yeah. for yeah. the time being, and then I think it will. You know, I I'm with you on that. Oh, Nesh is just tired. <laughs> so we don't take it personally, Nesha. You can okay. you can trash our shit. Yeah, Anyways, we're about done. Anyways, yeah, we are, Marcus. Um. Geez, what you got going on there over at Ed Free well, Shows? What are you What are you doing over there what at are you Ed Free doing Shows? Over there? Um, man, it's, it's always something new. Always something new. Uh, tomorrow we're doing Rebels Happy Hour, which is something that we do. Uh, I believe it's every other week on Ad Free Shows, where none other than Rebel of AEW fame Reba? comes in. Yeah, Reba Rebel. Um, she she comes in and she uh, she has some cocktails with our members and they just BS. Uh, she takes questions. They hang out. And Dominic, tomorrow's a big one. Uh, it's always a big one because it's awesome having having Rebel involved. But it gets even better tomorrow, Dominic, because who's coming along for the party? Who's coming along to have a couple drinks? 
Um, none other than the murder hawk monster. Whoa. Lance. Lance Archer is coming in. How about in. that? How about yep. that? Boy, Marcus, yep. I bet he could drink you under the table. No, I could out drink Lance Archer 100%. And I would beat him at dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I, I Could you imagine he, playing Lance Archer at dodgeball? Dear God. Uh, he makes a big target. Big target. Big target, but geez, could you imagine <clears> the like the deflated the velocity, the deflated balls that they used in fucking high school. We didn't have like the soft dodgeballs. You had deflated. That was no. the key. It was to get the deflated ones. You you could, you could throw those balls like eighty miles an hour. Marcus, <laughs> you was... broke our cousin's face with the dodgeball. I, I they they stopped doing dodgeball. I, <laughs> <laughs> Our high school stopped doing dodgeball because uh, my female cousin, if you can believe it, I threw a ball and I was aiming for a butt, Dominic. Just not great aim. Hit her right in the face. And yeah. I, I broke all the blood vessels on the left side of her face. Oh, my God. Yeah, she had like a black eye, broken blood vessels all through the left and side of her that's face. The, and I tell you what, any gym class, that's the game I look forward to the most. I, I was like, I hope we fucking play dodgeball today. I don't want to oh, sit there. I know that was like the that was the day I was like I'm ready to go. You hook me up, and like I said, I'm only six, but I was a scrappy six. Okay, uh, you were a three, and yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Dominic uh, Lance Archer coming in, coming yes. in, um, and uh, it's it's going to be quite an event. Uh, it, we're just always pulling out all the stops, dude. And by the way, because Rebels involved, at one point she did one of these from the box at at a Jacksonville Jaguars game. So she was in the luxury box with the oh. Jacksonville Jaguars, and everybody did a run in. Serena Deep popped in and said what? hi. Yes, um, Ricky Starks was there. He came by and said hi to the to the the members. So like, honestly, if you're not if you're not a part of ad free shows, you are missing out fucking huge. Uh, just get over there. Uh, get your free trial adfreetrial.com. Uh, check that out. And really, it's like the higher tier membership you can afford to be part of uh the, the the more experiences you get eric bischoff is just like routinely just calling people just randomly Down uh, up. yeah our members just like all right let's see what this person's doing because he's he's built he's built personal relationships with all of them so it's 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 pretty cool really yeah. cool go check out adfreeshows.com get your free trial adfreetrial.com and then you're gonna fall in love stick around sign up it's worth it yeah, um dom steven chamber Stephen Chambers saying Archer and FTR contracts are expiring soon. Wonder if AEW will resign them. Uh, definitely need to resign FTR. One hundred, one hundred million thousand, hundred million billion percent. Dominic, <laughs> they define the tag division. I think it's like you. That's they're like a cornerstone. I think of the tag division you need to have. It's you. You forget how great those guys are until they're the, you see them regularly, and like they just bring the best out of everybody. Everybody that they're in the ring with, they, Archer, they, they're yeah. like Bret Hart as a tag team. They're, yes. they're, they're Bret Hart as a tag team. They just get all the best out of everybody. And Archer, I think, yeah, I think you resign him too because um, you have he's one of those big guys. And I think you have to kind of establish him more so in a, a solid role of like, okay, I almost really do want him in that baby face role because he hasn't really got the opportunity to do that. You've seen him like as this unpredictable monster kind of thing. You can play into that. But if you have him like go on a tear and do his own thing, I think you could still like you could still make him a top star and put him at the top of your card in a lot of ways. So no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as WrestleZone is concerned, we have. Uh, I don't remember asking you about WrestleZone, Dominic. Oh, well, well, Marcus, you know this <laughs> is ahead. kind of a WrestleZone show. <laughs> I know. Go ahead, go ahead. 
<laughs> we love WrestleZone. Yeah. Um, so we just got a lot of good stuff kicking here at the moment. Um, plenty of like good content. Colin Tessier does the NXT show every week. We got um, after Raw programs. Like that obviously it's WrestleMania season, so there's a lot of good stuff in there. We have a lot of good irons in the fire and things happening as well, too. Um, that you should be on the lookout. Uh, our editor Bill Pritchard, Pritchard just interviewed Lindsay Dorado, um, and uh, it's a very good interview. Uh, Bill was very happy with it, so uh, give that a check out there. And um, yeah, as far as the I'm on the hot tag, that's a uh, one of the shows I do around the horn esque, very style. Um, and I get a different wrestling writing writers or personalities in the business to go around the horn with me or around the ring, if you will. And uh, the points matter. And at the end, you get to say your piece. So uh, episode four, I think it was just released this past week. And it's all good topics. We talk about Cody. We talk about Steve Austin potentially showing up. Uh, AEW's roster. We, that was a huge focus. So if you like that discussion this tonight, there's more of that there. And then, um, oh, we talk about The Rock. Is he the all-time? Face of professional wrestling. We debate about that. Very intriguing topic. So, Tom, you got to get me on the hot tag. I'll, we'll get I'll, you on the hot tag. We'll get you on there, Marcus. I will, uh, yeah, you'll be humbled. Also, go ahead and do a screen grab of uh, Nesh's comment there. Y'all, my favorite. Don't tell Colin. Oh, wow. Go ahead, go ahead screen grab that shit. Send it to Colin. Colin was on um, the hot tag. He was on the hot tag. So, you can tune into him on the hot tag there, Nesha. Um, but yeah, we, I always try to get a good mix of folks in there. And uh, probably going to record another one this week. Also, I have plans for a, a new show I'm very excited about. I will not reveal anything to yet, but just, uh, just keep your eyes out on things. Uh, there's some things cooking there with that. So, yes. Dom, uh, Stephen Chambers, why aren't you doing the hot tag shows live? You, so, you have to edit them, right? I have. That's that's the big thing. So, uh, do it on Zoom. This is We use StreamYard to do this stuff. So, uh, we do it on Zoom. And um, to appropriately like kind of get it all laid out in a lot of ways like we i couldn't have a lot of fan interaction like this show has so because you want to give the panelists the opportunity to speak their minds and everything like that so um to do it live just is not conducive for people and like so and plus if there becomes hitches like we'll have technical difficulties or some a camera cut out or you know somebody's like call will drop and then they have to come back in Stuff like that really comes into play where it's just like, okay, it's not conducive for a live airing or things like that. That's that's the big reason. And uh, so there's a lot of post-production work that goes with it a little bit. A little bit more. I wouldn't say a lot, but a little bit more. So that's why it's not live. And plus, I like these topics to kind of be evergreen. So they're like, the, the program lasts a while. If you don't watch it right away, it's not urgent. So it's like, okay, I can tune in three days later and all this stuff probably will still be relevant. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Nesha. Uh, so you can go back and, and watch, and you're really not, you know, it's as, as Dominic said, it's evergreen. So, you know, jump yeah. in there and have a look. All the topics we talk about still relevant from, and I did the, we did record like a week and a half ago, a week ago or something like that. So. You guys know how busy I am, and I'm over here telling Dom I want to be on it. So that should tell you how damn good. I know. The Marcus doesn't want to fucking do anything with me, let alone see me in person. So he's still got my Christmas presents. Still got his Christmas. I had his hat. I showed him last week right over here somewhere. Me collecting cat fur. <laughs> Picking up Dusty's litter with it. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing yeah. up. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, always appreciate you everybody being in here and engaging with us. You guys keep me on the track. You know, obviously with the doll. So uh, I appreciate that. 
and uh, you keep Marcus in line. I like that too. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, always enjoy it. Uh, trying to establish more consistency. I'm, uh, you know, I'm starting to uh, starting to starting to get into a groove with my new job responsibilities, Dom. So I, I think that we can make this work every Saturday. Make it work a little bit more. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for uh, yeah, we we love you guys too. Thanks for tuning in, and and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time right here on two, Dominic. Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. See you yeah. guys. See you guys. Everybody seems so messed up, but you know, idiot on the sideline.